Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. And I've got an interview today and it's a little bit of a combination show. It's a driver show and it's with Tammy. And what Tammy did is she got in contact with me after the Law of Attraction article and she said, Mel, I really want to do my driver show and I really want to talk about Law of Attraction. It's perfect timing. So here we are with a little bit of a different show with this combination Thriver Law of Attraction show. And Tammy, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Tammy, I think to get started, we really do need to share your story because yeah. it's it's an astounding story. It now, is. I met you, how long ago did I meet you? We had our first one-on-one contact in March of 2014, but I I started Quantum Freedom Healing and I started getting on the your website and um the forum and Facebook in the latter part of 2013. Mm, I know. Like so much has happened in such a short amount of time and what really you know, just spun me out about your story was we had multiple narcissists in intimate relationships, one on top of the other. Yes. Mm, it was like a narcissistic cesspool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it was. Mm. Okay, let's. I really want you to share your story with people. Yeah, I think it's important. Okay. Um, so I, um, where to begin is the the question, but I'll, I'll begin with when I first started realizing that I was involved with narcissists, and that was my first husband, um, who I left after 10 years of marriage in 2008 and, and five years of marriage counseling and just feeling like I was kind of hitting my head against the wall in terms of wanting him to partner with me. We had some businesses together, and he just kept making this financial decisions without uh, talking to me about it and and getting us into some really difficult situations. And I kept requesting for him to partner with me around that stuff, and it just wasn't happening. And I could not figure out what was going on. And after I left him, I went into counseling for the first time by myself and that's when my counselor started talking to me about narcissism and I really didn't think that it fit because he was extremely passive aggressive and not a not an overt narcissist experience and as I started learning about narcissism I realized that he was a covert narcissist and just didn't have the ability to go outside of himself and and um so 
I left him in 2008, and I had a few dating experiences after that, and each one of them just got progressively worse. I, uh, The first guy was very much of a sociopath. I found out that he had lied to me and and was uh, had been involved in an embezzlement scheme and served some time in prison and told me that he worked one place and he, he didn't. And when I found out about him, I just kind of very quietly slipped away. And, but I was, I was shocked and devastated and I couldn't figure out what, you know, how I, I could have gotten involved with someone like that. And then shortly thereafter, I got involved with someone who had borderline personality disorder. You know, this guy presents himself. He's a, he's a doctor. He's a natural doctor. And I think he's so charming and handsome and intelligent and, and seemingly so wonderful when I met him. And then things just got very weird, very fast. And, and a, a therapist actually told me that he had borderline personality disorder. And lots of weird things happened when I was with him. He he did some property destruction at my house covertly. And when I would ask him about it, he would get into long arguments with me about how, you know, he wouldn't have done that or he couldn't have done that. And, and it, it was just very strange. And that was several months. And, and then when I, after I broke up with him, he stalked me for months on end. And I was terrified at times. And, and then I met my second, who would become my second husband, who I thought was just a hero and the man of my dreams, but turned out to be actually the worst one yet. Um, there was, uh, I was involved in a lawsuit with my first husband because he defaulted on my our divorce agreement with some property that I um was supposed to get in our divorce agreement and he had actually sold it to someone else and I I was very upset and and involved in that when I met my who would become my second husband and he was very heroic and just came in to save the day and um I was in a position where that was very welcome to me. I had lost my job. I made over six figures a year and and um I I lost my job and I was I'm solely responsible for my son's support because his dad doesn't pay child support because he doesn't show that he makes enough money financially to to support my son. So I I was just over my head and drama and trauma at the time that I met my what would be my second husband and um he was just amazing in coming in and and financially helping me and emotionally supporting me and seeming to be everything that one would dream of and I was so relieved when he came into my life and and um we we quickly moved in together because I, I was losing everything because I had lost my job and um, and largely because of the 
the gentleman that I was involved with before had had just I was so sh- shattered and traumatized by what was going on with that situation and never really could face reality about what what was actually going on I just really couldn't fully believe that people would behave this way and it was it was after the the second guy I got involved with and and before my second husband that I started realizing that there were some familial patterns I I started recognizing some things about my childhood that were very similar with what I was experiencing and so with my second husband we moved in together very quickly and we we got married after only knowing each other for 9 months he and and I quit just a a little job that I had um to try to make ends meet in the meantime and became very dependent on him right away and as as soon as we got married um very quickly things changed and he he became extremely controlling. Um, there were acts of intimidation um, significant. He would have rage attacks um, just for hours at a time. He's a very brilliant guy in his field. And and seemingly when I met him and the way that he presented himself to me so heroically when he came in, I... And and the way that he he told story after story about being so morally above everyone else and and so morally and ethically sound and and he made a lot of judgments and, and criticism about people who didn't handle themselves as as morally um, superior as he did and. So I, I really thought and believed wholeheartedly that he was this man who, you know, I just, I lived, I looked up to living like. <laughs> I thought that he would never do some of the things that he ended up doing. And and there was abuse on every level. He got physical with me over the very short year that we were married. Um, he... I mean, it was it was every kind of abuse. He stepped out on our marriage, would create scenes and and then leave. And he, he had disabled my car, and so my car wouldn't start. And I I I couldn't leave the house when he would leave, and he had me taking him everywhere. And it it got increasingly weirder over time, and and yet I was dependent upon him financially and. And I had lost contact with my family and my friends, and people were angry at me because I wasn't responding to them, and and I just became very isolated and very dependent on someone who then just completely changed on me. The the whole Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde scenario is absolutely true, and I I got into this, um, you know, really bad place for me of trying to get him to return to that man that I met and the one that I married and trying to hold him accountable to being that morally superior person that he had presented himself to be. And um, it was, it it became just such a hook for me. And I, I was, 
I was devastated and completely shattered by who I'd discovered I was really married to. And after a lot of turmoil, I mean, I, I can't even begin to describe, I was hopeless and I had, I had no confidence. It was an environment of just constant criticism and nitpicking and, and a lot of gaslighting and, and a lot of typical things that narcissists do. Um, I, I finally got in touch with a woman online. I don't even know how I stumbled across it, but she's a PhD in, in counseling and she specialized in abuse and, and she said, you need to get your affairs in order and you need to leave sometime when he's not there and, and don't worry about leaving things behind. And so I, I finally did that um, just maybe a week over our year anniversary. I, I escaped and I went to a safe house. And for several weeks at this house where a friend allowed me to come and just um, stay with her and, and she took very good care of me, I was, I was very lucky to have this place to go to because I, I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have any money or anything. Um, and I, I left, and I, I couldn't move literally for a couple weeks. I was just completely shattered. I had entirely lost myself, and I, I had nothing, and I, I felt like I had nothing. And um, I was terrorized by the thought of him financially ruining me or even, you know, he always kept telling me that I was crazy and I was the one who, uh, I was 98% of the problem, he would tell me. And I started believing that. And so I, I literally was shattered and broken and I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I had completely lost my will and desire to live. I was, and I could think of nothing else but this horrible situation that I was in. And you would have, Tammy, felt like a complete failure, you know, after having like a successful job and, and you thought that you landed on your feet with this guy, then the rug gets pulled out and you think, oh my God, my whole entire life is just a joke. I feel like a failure. I know yeah. so many people feel like that. I did. And especially with what had happened to my life for the years after I left my son's father, I i mean, it, I just tanked. And it seemed mm -hmm. like things just got worse and worse and worse over really like a five or six year period. Yeah. And so I, I, I did. I felt like a failure and I felt like I was never going to be able to pick up the pieces. I mean, it just didn't feel possible. And I know people who saw my posts on the Facebook and who were on the forum with me at that time know that I was um, completely hopeless and in complete despair. So true. And you were so raw and honest in there. You know, I, I it was just astounding. It wasn't only just a huge healing experience for you. It was just so wonderful for everybody else when you were leading the way with so much authenticity. So, okay, so when did it all start turning around? Yeah, I, I, 
after we got divorced, which was November of 2013, I, I, that's when I even fell apart even more because I, I took a small settle, settlement from him, but I really had, and I, I had gotten this house back, but it had been sabotaged and, and it wasn't even in live, livable condition. So I had to, I literally had nothing. I was flat on my back. And so I had to create from, from nothing. And out of hopelessness, I just started reading everything that you put on your website and listening to every radio program. And and because I, it was like I had no other choice but to follow what you were saying, even though I, I had a hard time believing that I could possibly feel better again. And um, so I I did quantum freedom freedom healing. I mean daily, if not sometimes twenty five times a week. And and I mm-hmm. say that yeah, so that was like with the NARP program, yeah. It was. It was with the NARP program. And I say this, you know, cautiously because I don't want people to feel like you have to do it that often to see the results. But this is a lifetime of narcissist abuse that I was dealing with, and, and a crisis resulting from that. And so there was a lot of work to do. There was a lot to be released. And so I did, I I dedicated my entire life all day, every day to healing. And sometimes probably too much, but um, uh, it it is what I did. And so things started turning around and I I started getting glimpses of, of, and, and I started allowing myself to, dream about what I wanted my life to look like, even though that was really difficult being steeped in feeling so bad. Um, but things started turning around after, you know, a couple months of doing doing the, the modules pretty much daily and then having some one-on-one sessions with you were extremely powerful. That, I mean, and it, it was literally after three sessions with you that I was really catapulted into a, a new place, and I I had started studying law of attraction during that time as well, um, studying about what it meant, um, and uh, so things started turning around um, slowly for a couple months, and then ve- and then very quickly everything shifted. Mm, so let's talk about law of attraction a bit, right? Yes. Yeah, because I know that your and my beliefs are really, really aligned. We've had a few discussions about this, and we're going to do it publicly today, which is cool. Yeah, very cool. (laughs) Mm, mm. So, before all of this inner journey, what did you used to believe about law of attraction? How did you used to do it or try it? Yeah, I I didn't really believe anything. I I didn't know anything about it until until I really started studying your materials and your information. And the the what first hit me was I couldn't believe that my life was showing up the way that it had been for the last 5 or 6 years. All the things that were happening and just each time I would get involved with someone or and it wasn't even in my personal relationships but it was at work and everywhere I was surrounded by these people that were 
you know, not really on the up and up. And I couldn't figure out what was going on and how this was happening. And so this whole idea about taking radical responsibility for the way my life was showing up was really painful and difficult at first and not something that you easily just want to do. But, you know, or even think about because you're so victimized and it's hard to get out of that. But I, I started thinking about how I was feeling for the last five or six years and and realizing that I was feeling very victimized and depressed and hopeless and angry and um, like I had no control. And, and, and my life was showing up accordingly. So I thought, all right, I created that mess. <laughs> and if I really take responsibility for creating that mess, then let me try to create something that I really want. <laughs> let me try to create my life differently now. And I, I knew that you had talked a lot about doing it. And I I was meeting other people online through your programs that were talking about the same thing, about having created their life completely differently. And I, I really, and I tell people, I, I really don't feel like I had any choice but to try to do something different and to, to, you know, jump completely off a cliff into faith and 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 start studying law of attraction. And I, you know, I am someone who I don't believe law of attraction is a tool or a a method. I believe it's a law. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I believe Let's that... Let's just repeat that again, please, because I think this is a statement of the show. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, and this is... It, it's actually what I know really deep in my bones now is that it's not a tool and it's not a philosophy or a a statement or a, you know, something that you try. Cause people say, I've, I've tried it and it doesn't work. Well, the truth of the matter is it's all, it always works. It's a law. It's it's mm-hmm. law. Um, it it works, and it works from however you're feeling in your own body at the time. And um, I started experimenting with it, and I started small. I started, you know, um, I I attracted... The first thing that I I played with was I I actually attracted an eagle sighting. I wanted to see one, and and I did. I, I drove up on one in the middle of the road one day and 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 I actually had my divorce papers in the back seat when when I drove up on it it's a pretty miraculous story but it's absolutely true and that gave me hope that wow maybe this does work and so I kept playing with feeling better and trying to attract things and I started with just small little insignificant things and as I as it continued to happen accordingly, I gained confidence and I gained trust that the law of attraction is law. <laughs> and I I have I, I did a vision board on January first of twenty fourteen and I was really feeling very terrible at the time and it was it was a, a glimpse of hope and I have the vision board right here in front of me and I I accomplished everything on that vision board and more and better than I ever could have dreamed and now my vision board is 
off the charts amazing this year <laughs> um, because I, wow. I'm I'm getting more artistic with it. And it's not about the vision board either. And you know what? We might have to do photos of that and put that on the blog. I think that would be cool, huh? I have it. I have it. Yeah, I I absolutely could. Mm, Um, Let's do that. We will. Um, I I manifested a house, a car, relationships. I've become a master manifester. Honestly, my dream job just came a few weeks ago and um and even as I was manifesting over the last year, things would show up according to how I was feeling. Sometimes what I was manifesting was showing up how I was feeling, which wasn't all that great. And but I I was so seeing the connection between how I was feeling and what was showing up that I stayed committed to feeling better and better and better. And then better and better and better things showed up. Mm, and wow. so so that I'm, you know, a 100% believer. I I mean, it just to me there's it, it it's there's no other way. Your life shows up according to how you're feeling. Mm. And and it's it can be really painful between between the times of feeling so horrible and and getting to what you want um but staying in there and allowing yourself to be pulled forward by feeling better and better and your life showing up better and better is completely worth it <laughs> mm, I want to share that's gorgeous I want to share with you and the listeners what you were saying before, how you started with the little things, okay, so I'm I'm assuming the process for that is, you know, you think about something, you put a positive emotion around it, you ask for it to come into your life and it shows up, right? And it's like the eagle sighting was, you know, it was a pretty sort of insignificant thing, like as far as a life goal you wanted yeah. to sign, but... But the reality was that you didn't have any negative beliefs on an eagle sighting. Like, for example, an eagle sighting is going to shatter my life. An eagle sighting brought me masses of pain. Right? You were starting with simple things, right? Yeah, it was something that, you know, I was willing to play with in a way that wasn't going to cause me angst, if you know what I'm saying. Because well, exactly the point that it's like okay because you've got no negative beliefs on it so I did a story with I had I used to have in groups that I used to take years ago when I was teaching people about manifestation and we had in I think it was class six we had we were going to manifest a green frog so what we all did is we did a meditation and we thought about a green frog, brought in warm, fuzzy feelings about it, and then let it go, surrendered it, put it out to the universe, and then it was, and we set the intention that within a week that we would have an experience. And then it was really, really funny, you know, people came into class next week and some said, well, I didn't get a real green frog, <clears throat> but I was watching TV and this ad came on and that was the gecko frog was on it. And one guy said that, you know, he'd been stressing about it all week on, now I'm going to get into class and I haven't got my green frog yet. And he'd gone to a friend's house the night before and he's walking out in the backyard and something was sticking in his foot. And he pulled his foot up and it was a little girl's 
little toy green frog stuck to the <laughs> bottom of his foot. So the point we're making here is it absolutely on that level, and this is where a lot of people just see law of attraction. Okay, I've got to focus on what I want. A lot of people hopefully have understood that it's not just a thought. You've got to put emotion, energy in motion attached to it for it to speak to the universe, to actually bring forth. Emotions is a connection. But yeah, it is. It but is. of course, what happens is when we've got... Okay, let's use the topic of love. It's a really good one for this community. This has been huge for me. Okay, so, you know, if we're going to imagine a love partner in our life, a warm and fuzzies and a beautiful heart connection, great communication, being able to share our soul with somebody healthily and feel feelings of love. Now, if we've got a lot of negative programs that are stuck in our subconscious, that started in our childhood, that were all about love from our, from our initial parents, and then we've had the love relationships that have been tra really traumatic and disastrous, that's going to be damn near impossible to be able to visualize, feel warm and fuzzy feelings without our brain and our subconscious. What it does is it stores data and our subconscious stores everything. And as soon as we go to a topic, what happens is our subconscious accesses particular files on that topic and brings them up into our consciousness into our emotional body, into our feelings. So it's really important to understand that, of course, you know, law of attraction for simple things that we don't have negative data on is really quite straightforward because let's face it, people's lives weren't going to end. They didn't have a huge attachment to, I need a green to see a green frog. One guy did and finally let it go. The others just thought it was a bit of fluff and fun and even forgot about it. And then it turned up. But a lot of this, when we've had those survival programs too, of, and of course when we feel like a failure and we've lost everything, I need to get a house. I need to get a job. I need to get a partner. You know, I need to be, when we have those big attachments, it's because we're not in sync. Well, and that is when I came to you for one-on-one -on -one, um sessions because I had so much angst around I've got to get a job Melanie and I, or I'm going to lose you know everything again and um so there was a lot to clear around that mm. and um and as each thing that I wanted that I would feel angst about that's just that's just stuff that needs to be cleared and then and so learning how to clear with quantum freedom healing you know um, and sometimes you need somebody else to help you with that. I mean, obviously. And um, so I had some powerful results with you. But the thing that became most powerful in learning or in manifesting, which is I, I hate to even call it that because it's not even really about that. But what I but I learned was to allow myself to feel the emotion that I would feel when that thing that I wanted became present in my life. And so, and I, I learned how to meditate, and I combined the meditation with the visualization and then embodying the feeling so that I could try to embody that feeling as much as I could. Mm. Because the idea is, it can't come to you until you're emotionally a match for it. Mm. 
And, and so that became paramount to me over time. After I got enough clearing with you and, and Quantum Freedom Healing and, and the NARP program that I was feeling better and better, then I would just allow myself to imagine how it would feel to have these things that I wanted present. And I tried to feel that way and embody those emotions as much as I could and try not to make myself wrong when I couldn't and try not to feel like a failure when it wasn't happening because that's what happens to a lot of people. Oh, I'm no good at this law of attraction stuff because, you know, I it's not working for me. I must be doing it wrong. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I remember going through all of that. Yeah. And so many people have, you know... That's it, it, that's beautiful what you're talking about. It is the absolute perfect combination. And this is how I do it. I do it very, very similarly. And what I do is, you know, I feel, I imagine, I visualize, I do the same stuff. You know, and we both love Joe, Depen- Joe Dispenza's stuff about yeah. that. Love his yeah. meditations. Yes. And there's some other ones that I do too. And uh, And then what I do, you know, when I get that block... When I when I feel like I'm trying to push it uphill, I go, okay, what's that block in my body? I'm going to drop in there, I'm going to get that block out of the way, and then I go back to it, and it just really flows. Yeah, it does. And and when you, one of the things that was also really powerful me powerful for me was this idea that when you're feeling, you know, not good about things. There's a hint about what you want in there, and you know because obviously you're 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 sure about what you're not wanting because that's you know making you feel so bad, so you want the opposite of that, and so allowing yourself to go ahead and want things and then taking steps toward you know i I had to send my resume out hundreds of times before I got you know landed the job that I really wanted, I had to do some things too. And as I started doing things, then more, sometimes more bad feelings would show up whenever I would get denied a job or or I'd get denied an interview or whatever, I'd I'd get hopeless again. And then there there was more stuff to clear so that I could feel better, so that I could Mm. bring into my life what I wanted. Can we talk about that a bit? I think that's such a beautiful point. One person posted on the Facebook about, you know, they sort of have this feeling that law of attraction people are saying, your life's meant to be great and it should be great and it should be. But I really, and I love this, and I think you would too now, I love when something shows up to reflect back to me something that I've still got stuck in my body because I know if I go to that and I find it and I up-level it, well, not only is that situation done in my life, that belief's finished with, I don't really need to keep experiencing that particular thing anymore. I know that I'm just going to keep expanding. So I, I think you said it before too about how you would really observe and make the connection about what life shows up, what you're going to do with that on an inner level is just so profound. It's not what's happening to us. It's what we choose to do with it. 
I love it when I get triggered. I love it when I get reflected back something that's really not what I want. Because it, oh. it, I, we get to refine. We get to evolve ourselves. Right, because you know after you've done this for a while, you start to know things are going to get better on the other side of this. And so you welcome, it's hard for me to even fathom saying this, but you do welcome the contrast or the the, the negative feelings because there's there's so much below the surface in our subconscious that we're not aware of. And this is where... I I do differ with a lot of law of attraction followers because there's a belief that you can just reach for the better thought or, you know, kind of put a Band-Aid on it and just try to feel better. But if you have all that stuff under the surface bubbling all the time or that you can't even really get in touch with, then that is driving and that will continue make your life continue to show up in a way that you don't want it to and until you actually go in get the information acknowledge it embrace it and let it go then that is going to continue your life's going to continue to show up from that subconscious level and i think a lot of people don't understand that and so yeah i welcome it's 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 an amazing shift for me because i i I resisted a lot of emotional stuff for years and years, and even when I was healing, and I still do from time to time, of course, but ultimately I I say to myself, oh my gosh, things are going to be so much better on the other side of it because I continue to gather evidence about how it does. And it's it's exciting, and that's a, that's a completely new place for me. It is exciting. It's exciting that we've actually got the power to transform any area of our life beyond description. It is. It is. And I'm I'm such a partner with you now in in helping people understand that simply because I was I was there on the brink of I, I didn't want to live anymore. And I know what that feels like. I know how miserable it is and I I so want people to know that there is an alternative. Mm. And you um, know, and you know, if you'd have just stuck, if you've been stayed stuck in the victimization, in the pain and the agony, your life was only going to disintegrate more. Oh, I I knew that I wasn't going to live through it again. I, I, one way or another, I wasn't going to live through it again. I felt so sick, and I felt so completely defeated, and. Um, so I knew that something had to change or else, you know, I I I wasn't going to make it. And I, I do have a lo- beautiful son. <laughs> and, you know, that that was part of helping me move forward. Um, but I, you know, I also, there was still a little glimmer of of something inside of me that, that knew it could possibly be better just by, um, you know, having exposure to your your information and you and all of the beautiful men and women that I got to to meet or you know even virtually um, through your program, um, and so I held on to that and I I kept moving forward even when I really didn't want to and I didn't feel like I could. 
you really worked with the private dark fora beautifully and I know how broken you were at times and you know and I knew at time and we were communicating and you were saying to me you know I just don't feel like I can go on but you would always this is what I encourage people to do on NARP that if you know when you're hitting these or if you don't think you're going to make it just reach out to the forum because it is so special what goes on in there it is very special what goes on in there it it before the forum was the Facebook page, and and I started there, and um, and I moved from the Facebook page to the forum. But that that literally saved me. I mean, there were there was night after night that I was alone out in the country by myself, and that forum saved my life. And that Facebook page, you know, on many occasions gave me hope where I was. I felt like I was just floating in darkness, and. Um, yeah, I highly encourage people to reach out and just allow yourself to do that because that's a place where everyone does understand what you're going through. There's it, it, out in life, no one no one understands what you're going through, but that is a safe place where people get it. Um, and I I also encourage people to reach out there because it saved me many times. Yeah, it can just get you that bit over the ridge and it's so supportive and it's solution-based and, you know, it's not about the victimization, it's about how to get out of it. Yeah, and that is so important and just the positive tone and and the, the, the agreements there are so important for moving forward in a healthy way and getting your focus off of what happened and who they are and getting your focus back on your healing and who you are Um, because that's the most important thing is getting back to yourself. I mean, that's the most important thing that's happened to me in this process. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about something that's occurred to me that I think might make it simpler for people to understand about law of attraction. I've had a lot of people over the years say to me, quite adamantly, you know, Melanie, you cannot tell me that I created this because there is no way known I would be thinking I want a narcissist in my life. And, of course, this is the distinction between emotions and thoughts. And the secret really didn't go into this enough. You know, a lot of people took out of the secret that I've just got to think positive, I've got to imagine, I've got to visualise. So, of course, cognitively, logically, there is no way known we would be thinking, I want to meet a a narcissist or a sociopath and have my life smashed to pieces. There's no way known we're thinking that. You know, we're thinking, well, you know, I'd love to have a partner. That's what we're thinking. But that's not where our life is being created from mere thinking our life is being created by what our emotional resonance is on that topic of love, relationships, partnering. So if we're carrying the emotional resonance of love hurts, you know, love destroys me. And this could have been something that started for us as a baby. We could have been 
embodying and generating these sorts of emotions because of the way we were parented or, you know, one experience of feeling abandoned, you know, maybe we're in our room and we were screaming and screaming and screaming and nobody came to us. And it's like, well, the people that love me desert me. It can be that simple. But that's how our emotional belief systems are formed. And then we go forward into life. Of course, we're not thinking. You know, the people, we're not thinking, well, the next person that comes into my life is going to love me and leave me. Right. And that's where I think a lot of people don't understand Firstly, that it's got nothing to do with what we're thinking. It's what to do with how we actually deeply in our bodies feel about these topics. And often you're so right. We've been self-avoiding painful feelings. We haven't wanted to acknowledge them. We haven't wanted to go there. And what we've really wanted to do is just bury them under the carpet because we were taught to do that. Get on with our life and make it happen in a positive way. Yeah, I don't even think I had the capability to understand what and how I was being driven <clears throat> with subconscious feelings. I don't think I could have even said before all of this happened to me, you know, that I I have these emotions that are causing me to create my life this way. I I didn't even realize it was there. I I just wanted somebody to love me. That's all. You mm. know? And do you know what, Tam? I had done the spiritual journey and personal development and talk therapy for years and I didn't get that either. Right. And that, to me, is really quite astounding when we realize now, and science is proving, that 90% or more of our life is being created from these subconscious programs. Yeah, this is the, the most... To me, for me, and in my thinking, this is the most important message we could be telling folks <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that, that that is true. That it is it is coming from most of our lives are showing up from our subconscious beliefs, and it can be different. Mm. And that's our body. That's our emotions. And that's and then the only way to resurrect that is to get into our body claim our emotions and thank goodness now you know the world and I'm not the only person doing it you know people are coming up with energetic tools as Bruce Lipton said in that recent uh, video that I shared on Facebook these are super tools that can give us instant instant shifts and changes in our subconscious that the old way and as he says, and it's so true, how do we do it the old way? The old way we do it through experience and repetition. And if they've been there for a long, long time and they've been really painful and powerful, you know, and they've become a painful foundation of our life, that could take us 10, 20, 30, 40 years of trying to fight off the old thoughts, feelings and behaviours, the ways we've been showing up to try and implement a new program through repetition is a really, really hard ask. It is. It's it I don't I don't know how it works or how it could work. Well do you know I used to do it that way, right? 
before I understood really what was going on, I just thought, well, I need to reprogram myself. I need to change a behavior. So I'm going to say affirmations. I'm going to... But, but I really, it wasn't really until this deep journey of getting into my body and claiming the emotions. First of all, I was really guessing what the painful belief systems. I wasn't in communication with my subconscious that explains to me point blank and shows me exactly what they are to get them out of my body. Like all of the talk therapy and stuff I was doing was really somebody else trying to guess for me what they were. They weren't in my body. They didn't know. And then I was trying affirmations to counteract that. And I was really, you know, I think I was I was getting um, small incremental changes and then I kept defaulting back. Right. Yeah, I have I've had the same experience. It wasn't until and really I I had never been able to even acknowledge the emotions in my body until I tried your program and was able to and it it didn't happen immediately even. Um so and it's it's catapulted me you know, some of my, I have a friend who's a therapist who I did go to um, right um, at the same time that I was doing, started Quantum Freedom Healing, and I went to her once or twice, and she's she's completely amazed at how far I've come in such a short amount of time. Um, it's It's been such a powerful modality, um, and I, I'm a huge believer in this in quantum freedom healing and and the the energetic release of these emotions that are trapped. Mm, and I love that I really think our world is waking up so much and I love that prominent people like Bruce Lipton who's you know he's got the PhDs. He's right. got the background, you know, he's won a peace award worldwide. You know, I love that prominent people that have got the clout are really out there speaking about this and what we're all really saying is that as a species, as a human race, we really have to transcend so much of the old things that we were doing. We have to upgrade and realize that there, whether it be our political systems or our medical systems or our mental health systems, you know, we just need to look at our world and our religious systems. We're not saying throw everything away. We're saying update it. Bring it up to speed. Right. With yeah, the, it's, it's a great timing. And it's about, evol- it's about evolving. You know, our technology is evolving at lightning speed. We as human beings, we've got the ability now to evolve at lightning speed in comparisons to the way we have been doing growth. We just need to look at our world and we can see, you know, how much of a power battle's been going on, how much ego there's been, how much victim and victimized there is out there. And the truth is, from both sides of the fence, it's because of all of these trapped, false, painful, damaging beliefs that have been embedded into all of us from our role models, from society, 
from all of the programming we've been getting about unworthiness and shame and being bad and being wrong and you know not being deserving of God's love or our own love to ourselves or the love of other people and it's created a mess it is it has Mm. it's astounding the number of people who are disengaged from their spiritual aspects of themselves because I, I really do feel like that's what narcissism and psychopathy is. It's just a complete disconnection. Um, and, and it's amazing how many folks there are running around. Um, and even, you know, even those of us who are, you know, I, I definitely realized I was quite codependent. And, you know, I, I had that same level of disconnection, but I I luckily felt I was able to reconnect and mm. and happy to do that but I think you're right it's um it's, it's clearly you know not working and time for things to shift and that's right that's right and everything's pulled us outside of that emotional connection to ourselves yeah so, like if you have this or and I think that's a real distinction with law of attraction too, you know. Like law of attraction can come off as a little narcissistic. Well it's all about I want a better car and I want a better house and I want more money and you know, all of that and a lot of people even criticise law of attraction and saying it's a nar- it's a tool of narcissism. Mm. It's, but the truth is it's about well being and flourishing and it's about having an identity that's connected to source, feeling flourished and nourished and feeling whole and at one in your own body unconditionally not because of that car not because of that house not because of that more money just because you are a cooperative partner with source in deservedness knowing that you are loved and approved of beyond measure simply because you exist because you're a human being and you're a part of source and then you can accept and create but not because and the truth is with any true law of attraction student if they lost it tomorrow they're not going to lose their sense of self or their identity or their words they're connected to source that's right that's right and that's part of what you learn along the way that's part of what I learned as I was you know in the beginning trying to manifest things um, to feel better right um is that um, as I was feeling better, I was more connected with my inner being and my spiritual self and the God who flows through me. Mm. And and that's been the most powerful part of the healing journey, all the other stuff. I mean, it's great and it's beautiful. My, you know, the things that I've manifested are, you know, so fulfilling. But uh, it wouldn't be fulfilling if I didn't have that inner being spiritual place inside of me that has been able to grow because I, or actually it hasn't grown, but I've I've grown in awareness of it, you know, because I was healing and letting go of all those aspects that were kind of secretly hiding beneath the, beneath the surface and running the show. And that's the point, isn't it? When we're caught up with that junk, we're disconnected. So if you have a look at the narcissistic model, they are so clogged up with unresolved pathological wounds 
that they are completely disconnected from source. And then, of course, what happens to us in narcissistic abuse, we already had a level of disconnection of some deep subconscious programs of unworthiness or, you know, we don't deserve to be loved healthily or whatever it was. And then when we get narcissistically abused, we get more traumatized. The wounds just blow up and explode inside us and they compound and we get more and more and more disconnected from source because we're so clogged up with these wounds and these trauma and this victimization and we've got to get it out of our body to create space to connect to source and I love see Joe Dispenza did this for me in a massive way and quantum other quantum scientists learning about space so it's like when we look out in the universe and we've got all this space the cells in our body 99.7 or 8 nines is space and there's all this space in the universe right nearly everything is space and a tiny bit of it is matter and it's actually from the space that the matter is given birth to in in space is matter and antimatter and they cancel each other out but the power in any space is the space that creates worlds worlds that's the consciousness that's space so what we're wanting to do in our body is get toxicity out so that we are space, so that the universe is inside us, which is that creative machine of unlimited potentiality and possibility. That's where the magic is. And that's why I love, you know, like my morning routine is pretty full on and I love it is I walk every morning, I do quantum freedom healing and the whole purpose of that is walking is exercise, I multitask and I'm letting go of any constriction, any pain, any fear, any doubt, any toxic clogging up in my cells, in my body. I'm accessing the emotion, I'm pulling in all the, the clogged up stuff, I'm releasing it out and I'm bringing in source to replace it. So I'm getting more and more and more spacious. Then I do 40 minutes of Qigong, which is all about space and chi and flow through my body. And then I do yoga, which is also about space and flow in my body. So, and, and recognizing who I used to be when I look back at my life, how it was before all of this awareness, you know, I was consistently stressed, constricted, fearful, pretending to be brave in life, but feeling so... What happens is when we've got junk in there, we're really scared, right? And we, we're actually manifesting and creating more of that from life because life is always matching us. That's the law. Yeah. So what do we have to do? Of course, we're going to go into defences, protection, shut down, you know, we're tight, we're constricted. And the more we're constricted, the more we are snapped off from that flow of God flowing through us. Consciousness, that space, creation. We're snapped off from it. And narcissists are terminally like that. That's why they have to steal and lie and take and bully and charm and manipulate and lie. They're snapped off from the normal flow the natural organic flow, so they're renegade out on their own as their own God. That's what they're doing. And us as codependents, 
when we're snapped off from that flow because we're in fear and defences and protection, we can't access it either. So then what we're doing is assigning people as that source and we assign the narcissist as our God. Yeah. Because we're not yeah. in the flow. Right. I absolutely did that. Yeah. Oh, me too. We both <laughs> nearly did that to our death. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So it's all about, you know, I love getting space in my body. I love walking around, you know, in crowded places now with my body wide open, radiating. I'm in space. And the cool thing is, is the more we develop ourselves, we know that the ultimate protection is authenticity. You know? Right. Yeah. Like if something cropped up on my path, and it so rarely does. It just so rarely does now. Whereas it used to be an everyday account for me. Some scary, horrible thing happening. But now if it does... I know I can show up. I know I can keep my heart open. I know that I can be authentic. I know I can speak my truth. I know I can ask the questions. I know I can lay boundaries. So I can stay open and spacious in my power. And yeah, absolutely. It's so different. It's just space is where it's at. Go the space. That's right. And it's so much easier. That's that's what's so astounding to me is how hard I was always trying before and how emptying out all of the emotional debris and baggage that we've been carrying around for so long, then walking through life is so graceful and easy where it was so extremely challenging before. And I think that's where people do get really frustrated with law of attraction, you know, is because they don't have the space in their bodies and in their cells to be connected to that flow. So they're trying to create it, you know, from a fearful place of being clogged up. Right. And it's hard. And it is hard. And it doesn't happen. I mean doesn't happen the way you want it to from there it's happening it's always happening that's what i always try to tell people it's it's always happening but um it doesn't happen the way you necessarily are wanting it to when you're tightened up around it and feeling angst about it and and wanting 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 yeah yeah wanting it's just desire and want are two completely completely different things yeah. But, you know, I've had that conversation with people and they said, well, you know, nothing's showing up in my life, you know, they're depressed and victimized and they're in bed every day. And I said, you know, when we've had the law of attraction, well, you know, nothing's showing up in my life. Well, it is. The experience of depression and being a victim is showing up every day. Yes. So, therefore, to change that experience, you need to get depression and victimization out of your body. That's right. And then something different can flow through you. Yep. Yeah. I think we've covered a few. Is there anything else that you can think of in regard to law of attraction, which is a really good point? No, I feel like we, we've we covered it um, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I think we have. And I, and I hope we've simplified it. It's a little bit... It, it, it is sort of tough um, 
often to get your head, the operative word, to get your mind around energetic concepts because it really is, like you said, the leap of faith in that you it's something you need to experience to really know. Right. It's not a formula. That's the that's the the thing that's I guess pretty important to say is it's not it's not a formula. It's going to be I mean like you were saying you get up and you you walk and you do yoga and you you release and and my morning routine is is pr- I, I always say I'm a high maintenance broad now because <laughs> I have to you know I really am committed to feeling good. And so I I have to make a lot of space in my schedule, prioritize um, things, habits and acts of feeling good so that I can have my life show up the way that I want it to. So I have to make my well-being a priority. And um, I think that that's that's important is it's not going to be the same for everyone. Um, not everyone's going to do yoga or, or tai chi or, yeah. or whatever in order to make it happen. It's going to be whatever it is for you. It might be spending time with your pets or totally. you know who knows. Um, so Could it's be not watering a, your garden for half an hour in right. the morning. Absolutely, right. I totally, totally agree. But I love that point. You know, prioritizing about our well-being. Because if we were to really understand the truth that what's going on inside of us is creating our whole life experience. Right. So when I really realized that, and it took narcissistic abuse for me to realize that, totally. Me too. Because before then, you know, I used to get up in the morning, I'd have a coffee and a cigarette. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'd jump into life. I'd get busy. I was a workaholic. I'd just, you know, that's. I'd forget to eat. I just, I just treated my body like a machine. I treated my emotions like a machine, because I thought it was everything I was doing in life was what was creating my results, rather than who I was being. Right. And everything you were doing was creating your results. <laughs> exactly. It was totally creating my results because, hey, my doing was, you know, full on. I was working seven times harder than what I do now for the results. Yep. So I was right. doing a lot of doing. But right. what I didn't realize was I had a really rank being. Yeah. And that's right. what was actually creating my results. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just not negotiable now for me. No. To, and do you know, there is, and she'll be listening to this radio show. She listens to all of them. I have one member of the NARP community, and the last time we spoke, she told me she gets up at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. 3.30. Now, for self-care? Her life, she has an amazing job. She's highly successful. She's an incredible being in the world. She's a mum. She's a single mum. And she hit a place of absolute rock bottom. You know, she had her near-death experience with all of this, like so many of us had. 
and she's doing great guns now. Her life is amazing now. And she is just so dedicated to this way of life now that what she does is she gets up 3.30 in the morning, she does, she walks the dog, she does her shift. She's always working on gold settings now. So she's gold setting the things that she's manifesting. She's clearing all of her resistance with the gold setting module of NARC. And then she gets her, gets her child ready for school and she does all the mum stuff and she you know, does her amazing job and she makes sure she gets to bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock and that's her day. And the, her results, I mean, she's just, she's just thrashing it, you know. Everything's just falling into place and happening at lightning speed for her. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, and that that is, that's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is that whole um, thing of um, get, getting committed to your well-being and, and your self-care. It's, becomes the number one thing. Mm. I get up at 10 to 6 in the mornings, 3.30. I just think, you are a champion. <laughs> I, know. I thought it was good getting up at 5.30 every day. Oh, you do 5.30. Oh, even that's well, a real push for me. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I know. I'm really not either, but to get my my things. I mean, I work out every morning and I meditate in the morning. Yeah. Um that that sets my whole day if I do that. That that makes me feel great going into the day no matter what happens during the day, but um if I do that I'm golden. Um Yes, yes. I know. I'm and that's like my day. I'm on, I'm sharp. I've got all this space in my body. I've got all this clarity, all this inspiration comes. Oh my goodness. When I think I used to just stress and juggle five things at once and not really get them done and go outside and have a cigarette and I'd be battling with whatever drama was happening in my life. <laughs> right, right. I just, I look back and I think, who was that woman doing all that? Right, right. But yeah, it takes dedication. It, 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 and I hope that we've been able to inspire you because anybody out there listening, I promise you, my normal routine, if I just listen to what I would really like to do, would probably be get up at about 10.30, stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but um, that's just not what setting up a healthy life would be about. Right. Mm. And at first, when you start these sorts of routines, oh yeah, you've got to really, you know, I even had to do shifts on motivation and shifts on self-sabotage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, your your body says, no, stay in bed. <laughs> mm. And our ego is such a cunning little device, really. What our ego does, it says, any way I can cause you to stay stuck in pain in your crappy life, I'm going to try and convince you to do it. Yes, that's the battle. That's that's the big battle. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with narcissism. <laughs> Absolutely. The ego is the internal narcissist. It is. It and, is. And what's so good about shifting is, you know, whenever I get a little self-sabotage pop-up, I go, uh-uh-uh, I've just seen you, I've caught you out. I'm going to target you, shift you out of my body. Goodbye. 
You're right. There is this sometimes pull to go back to the old ways, and but you you do know that story, and you know how it ends, and um, and we want to live, <laughs> and oh, we want to live well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And and you're so right. We know that story, and that story. Well, I I just said to my ego, I made a a pact with it a long time ago and I said you know what I am not going to listen to you because all you do is kill me so I'm actually going to not listen to you I'm going to challenge you and release every part of you and even if it feels like I'm going to die because initially my ego was just so so massive that letting it go felt like I was going to be annihilated it was a defense mechanism it was a protection you know I've got to hang on to my pain and my fear and my aggression and my my victimization because if I let it go somebody out there is going to just annihilate me or life or God's going to annihilate me and I hit the point where I said well you know what I'm pretty much annihilated I'm being annihilated this isn't working I understood the quantum facts about all of it I'm like okay ego you are going and rather than dying, of course, every time I let go of a defense and I brought in source, I just started getting well. Yes. Yeah, that was my last big shift with you That that before I really turned a corner and started making incredible gains in my well-being and then in what showed up in my life was a huge release around annihilation that I'd been carrying Um and it was it was the most painful thing I've ever gone through. And I remember actually. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And shift. there was a great deal of freedom on the other side of releasing that. Oh yeah. And hey, wasn't that belief doing a great job of creating that in your life? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it was the point during which I could have gone back down again. And um luckily my inner being was stronger. And um, and with your help, I was able to make that, really walk that bridge to the other side. It is like death rebirth. It is. Mm, but so worth it. And hey, you know, the great thing is we're alive. And, you know, when we met on this call before we put it on record, you know, we're both saying we're the happiest we've ever felt. In our entire lives. Oh, gosh. And you know what's so exciting? Exciting! I love about the evolution journey. It just keeps getting better. It does, and that's what that is. What is so exciting? Because you you know that when you when you start you know really believing the law of attraction in your bones. In the beginning, when you when things come in that you wanted, it's really easy to. I had trouble with allowing, like I really wanted to cling to stuff and then I became fearful that it was going to go away after I got it and mm. I had a lot of work to do around that. And um, so what you learn over time is that it doesn't matter if things fall away because something better is always coming. Mm. And that's that's what is so beautiful about this new way of life and this new way of being and is um, you don't have to worry about clinging on to everything um, or or worrying about if something's going to 
you know, if you're going to lose something, because something better is always on its way. Mm. And it does get better and better. So much, so much. And we're Mm. developing our inner being so much, too, and growing, you know, in our own wholeness. That, you know, anything dropping away, it wasn't our identity anyway. Right. Yeah, like our whole identity wasn't based on that thing. Right, yes. And that's freedom, you know. And I love space in the body because it creates so many beliefs on freedom. Freedom for me was just huge, really huge. And it was like my whole trip to Thailand. Now, the old me... There's no way known I could have traveled in a foreign country by myself and engaged in life. Forget it. Forget it. You know, I knew, when I had agoraphobia through the roof, I couldn't even walk out my front door. And th- through creating all of that space and freedom in my body, you know, I was able to do all these crazy, amazing things just feeling freedom the whole time I was doing it. Yeah, that was amazing to watch online what you were doing and the experiences that you were having. And it was just, it was freeing to watch. (laughs) And I can't imagine what it was like to experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's just pure law of attraction in action because, you know, every... Every experience was just so magical because of all this space in my body. And what was really funny, and my mum and I had to talk about this, right, because I'd always been brought up with mum, and I viewed this with mum, that she never did anything alone, that dad was always... Like, we were really protected and really brought up to think that women can't have freedom and women, you know, aren't capable and whatever... And I had to talk, Dad's gorgeous, but I had to talk Dad into allowing Mum to come overseas. And <laughs> she got on the plane herself and then got over. And then she expanded into all of this crazy freedom with me at the age of 84 that she's never been able to do. So mother and daughter were doing this big expansive freedom and she's come back a different person as well. Isn't that beautiful? I know, I love it. I just, so I've really seen generationally too, you know, and this is what happens with quantum freedom healing is when we're healing ourselves, the people that are connected to us shift as well, and she's never done a healing, but because I'd shifted so much, it gave her permission to shift, and she shifted with me. Oh, that is so true. That's what I I experienced and still am experiencing with my son as well. And and even friends and people around me, it's just, um, it's amazing how people are liberated by your own liberation. Oh, no, it's also loving and it's also sharing. It's just, what else are we supposed to be doing? If we want a better life and if we want to change our world, which I'm so passionate about, it's changing our world. What else are we going to do? Right. Hmm. Well, Tammy, I really think we've covered it, covered it. I I do too. So I think what's going to be really cool is we're going to get your photos of your vision boards. I'm so excited to see that. And we're going to do a blog post around this. And then we're going to really invite people to uh, ask questions or comments about this and 
you know, and they might ask you some questions too, Tam. So, Tam, will you be cool to answer some people's questions on the blog? Oh, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Well, there's a lot of wisdom that Tam can share. She's a bit of a wise soul, this one. Thank you. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. It, it is. Well, um, it is something that I've gotten in touch with through this process, and um, it is what I found on the other side, and I'm very grateful for it and humbled by it as well. Yeah, I think we're both very grateful and humbled for it. I look back at my life before this and I think, oh my God, thank God I found this. Yes, oh, me too, me too. Mm, All right, Tam, well, thank you so much for doing this really special interview with me. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy we got to do it. Same here. All right, darling. Good night. Good night. (laughs)